The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Come on now, jump in at 512-836-0590 here on The Todd and Oz Show. Uh, I'd love for you to join us uh, in the conversation. I'm just curious, have you noticed your insurance rates uh, climbing? Maybe home and auto? Have you seen that? Have you noticed that? Uh, maybe a little bit in the auto side. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's it's affecting a lot of families. In fact, a surge in auto insurance cost is fueling higher inflation. That according to the Fox Business Channel. Uh, surging auto insurance premiums, fanning the flames of higher inflation and keeping the financial pressure on millions of U.S. households nationwide. The consumer price uh, index rose 0.3% in January from the previous month and climbed 3.1% from the same time a year ago. That according to the Labor Department's numbers. Now, both of those figures uh, came in higher than the 0.2% monthly increase and the 2.9% headline figure that, uh, that the forecasters had predicted. Now, uh, many of the usual culprits, including rents and groceries, were to blame for the hotter-than-expected reading. But a surprise uptick in insurance prices also made the notable contribution last year. And I think the reason your insurance rates are going up is because cars are heavier, they have more electronics, and it costs more to make those repairs. Mm -hmm. Heavier vehicles cause more damage. And if you're driving a vehicle that has more technology and gadgets, well, it's going to cost more to fix it. Right. So they cause more damage when they're in a crash, and they cost more to repair uh, you know, in, in the repair shop. Am I wrong on that? That's just my assessment. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, the uh, the cost of auto insurance jumped 1.4% in January, bringing the total annual gain to uh, 20%, the fastest annual rate on record. Mm. Yeah, when compared to the early uh, 2019 era, motor vehicle insurance is nearly 40% more expensive. That's why you can't afford a home and a car, kids. Now, experts say the problem could soon get worse, actually, before it gets even better. Well, that's great. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just like everything else, though, you know, uh, wh whether it's insurance rates or, you know, just groceries. Yeah. I mean, every single thing out there has gotten just terribly expensive. Matt Collier, he's with Moody Analytics, an economist, and he says new and used vehicle prices have moderated as dealers uh, lots started to fill up. Insurance companies, however, are still uh, playing catch up. That's what Matt Collier says. Uh, a rapid as uh, increase in insurance cost has been, uh, the motor vehicle repair cost are up even more over that period, suggesting the CPI for uh, motor vehicle insurance has uh, further room to rise. Well, you know it will. And I've, I, I'm pretty sure I saw a report just recently that, that over the past year, the insurance rates just in Texas alone have, have skyrocketed. It does, does uninsured drivers play a role in this story? Does it? I'm just curious because if you're in a crash with someone who's uninsured, well, that means your insurance is going to pay for the repairs. Mm -hmm. and, and your insurance company may have to jack up the rates because of that. I mean, driving in a city that has a lot of uninsured drivers, does that make the insurance for everybody else higher? I would think it does. Yeah, I, I, I believe it does. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that makes, it makes sense why it would. Yeah. Well, in 2023, they say the average U.S. rate for full auto insurance surged to uh, $2,019, a 24% increase from the $1,600 a year uh, in uh, 2022, a 29% jump from the previous year. Wow. That's a big jump. Yeah. Now, they say there are several factors, according to the, uh, the Fox Business Channel. They say uh, factors that have caused the spike in car insurance rates, 
The price of both uh, new and used cars rose sharply uh, after the COVID pandemic. The results of both supply chain disruptions, unseasonable high demand. As a result, uh, vehicles are more expensive and costlier to replace, uh, which has driven up the price for repairs. Mm. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even even as they tell us that that uh, inflation's slowing down, right? Is it? I mean, that's what they say. I I, I seem to hear that a lot in, in a lot of these reports that come out. But uh, I I'm not really feeling it all that much. I think a lot of people are. But this is uh, you know, yet another side effect of all these. Inflation is one of the reasons. You know, yeah. I think that, you know they're, they're feeling the pinch here. Imagine how much it's going to cost to fix those. Capital Metro EV buses and those school district buses. And all those batteries. Uh, David and Maynard this morning. David, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call and appreciate the good work you do there. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, look, I want to switch gears if that's okay. I, I just uh, was prompted to call because the story at the top of the hour about some guy talking about it wasn't normal for uh, his daughter to go to the playground and couldn't use the slide because it was too hot. Yeah, let me catch everybody up to date, David. Uh, at Austin City Council yesterday, uh, they approved a measure to to begin the process, well, basically to ask the voters of Austin, Texas, to approve a big bond package to tackle the climate and save the planet. Mm-hmm. We're going to save planet Earth with a billion dollars right here in Austin. How about that? That's what... Uh, City Councilman Ryan Alter says, It's not normal to pray that our electricity will work when we need it most. It's not normal for my four-year-old daughter to tell me she doesn't want to go to the playground because the slide burns her legs. Yeah, yeah. As if that's a new thing. Uh, David, what were you going to say? Go right ahead. Well, uh, first of all, uh, Jesus Christ saved the world already, okay? So, you know, the world's been saved. We're in a spiritual battle, and that's obvious right now. But I don't know about you guys, but uh, back in the early 60s, uh, I can remember going to the playground, and we did have playgrounds and slides back in those days, and uh, it may have been even in the late 50s. And uh, sometimes it was too hot. Uh, I learned pretty quick that if I wanted to use a slide, I would go in the morning or maybe in the late afternoon or early evening. Uh Anyway, the climate's yeah, been changing I guess, for millennia. I guess it's because Ryan Alter sleeps wow. in and goes to bed early. The child can't do that. So I don't think her child is saying, Daddy, I don't want to go to the park today. The slide's hot. What? She may have said that one time. What? Uh, it's, it's hot. What? But I'd like to point something else out, too. He, he talks about how it's not normal for you to, to you know worry whether or not your electricity is going to be working when it's very hot or very cold. But in 2021, yeah, the grid crashed during URI. Uh, grid hadn't crashed since URI. The last time we had a big outage, that was Austin Energy's fault. So you're right, Ryan. It's not normal. You're supposed to do your job. That's right. Some tree trimming, yeah. Ryan. Trim yeah. those trees, Ryan. So why don't you get on that? And uh, at, at no point in the city council meeting did he offer any science or factual information on why we should spend a bunch of money to save the planet. The only argument is we have to name cold storms and, and his daughter doesn't want to play on the slide. That. <laughs> You got to do more than that, man. You got to do more than just uh, little funny little stories, you know, just to, to win the people over. You got to do more of that than if you're going to ask the people for billions of dollars. You got to have some real science, man. Real science. Well, I, I, I want to know. I mean, it's been very vague so far. Yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to go big. You know, what, what starts here changes the world, right? Uh, but no, no real specifics on how we're going to get there. Just expect it to cost a lot of money, and we, the city council, need to put you in a lot more debt in order to get there. 
916 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, you can join us at 512-836-0590. Let's squeeze in uh, Jacob. Jacob is in Spicewood this morning on the Todd and Oz Show. Good morning. I just heard the uh, uh, ad for Ellen Trox there. She is a fantastic state representative. Uh-huh. I got my master plumbing license because Ellen Troxler's office called the Texas State Board of Plumbing Examiners and was able to get me my master test when the state was dragging their feet. She is a fantastic representative. The only issue I have with her is that she didn't vote for uh, private school charters and things like that, but I still have my vote for her 100%. She is fantastic and great. Yeah. Well, you know what? The reason why I think she voted against that, uh, you know, the vouchers, you mean? The vouchers, school vouchers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it would have personally helped my family if she had done that, but I understand. Well, the reason, I think the reason, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, she may be listening right now, uh, but uh, a lot of those rural school districts, you know, the school district is the largest employer in town. Yeah, and uh, and they don't like the idea of school vouchers out there. And, well, and maybe I'll, they should look at the test scores. Yeah, maybe they the should. Test scores are trash. That's so are Marble Falls. So are the local surrounding areas. That's why we pulled our children out. Yeah, it's I, not worth it. I agree with the schools you. Schools are. And yeah. the taxes they charge are crazy. Yeah. But y'all have a great day, guys. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you very Appreciate much. Uh, thank you for checking in this morning. All right, jump in at 512-836-0590. Listen, um, the Census Bureau was thinking about, uh, well, how to ask a question about sex. You ready for this? There's a plan to test questions about sexual orientation and gender identity for the Census Bureau's most comprehensive survey of American life. If approved, this would be the first time sexual orientation and gender identity questions are asked on the American Community Survey. The agency, which would like to send the survey questions to 480,000 households, expects just over half to respond. The current questions only record same-sex couples who are living together through inquiries about household relationships, meaning they miss people who are single or not cohabitating, as well as transgender people. Lillian Wu, Fox News. Uh, he, she. What are we doing this? I don't know, man. I don't know. We got time to be doing this? I don't know, man. I don't think so. I, what's going on in this world, man? Sometimes I, I, I do I do find myself quite confused. Kind of creepy. And you know, it's our job to just, we dive head, head first into all this stuff. And I still get confused sometimes. You never, you're never fully used to the, to the world as it's become. It's true. Priority is all out of whack. <laughs> Once was a time where it was inappropriate to ask those kind of questions. Why is it anybody's business? Why does it matter? It's not. It's not anybody's business. Somebody's spending money on this. Yeah. Spent a lot of money. Well, these things matter, you know. Uh, what mattered? Gay, what mattered gay, to us at gay. one time? Mm-hmm. What's that? No longer matters. What's that, Vandy? Gay, gay, gay. Yeah. Listen, uh, Army Sergeant Daniel Perry, who's been sitting in a state prison uh, after being convicted of uh, murdering protester Garrett Foster back in 2022, uh, he could be getting out on a pardon. Yeah, the early stages are underway as the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles has started the clemency review uh, that was requested by the governor. Uh, Perry says Foster pointed that rifle at him as he was uh, driving through a crowd of protesters, prompting him to uh, shoot and kill Foster. A Travis County uh, jury did not agree, and they uh, they put him away yeah. for 25 years. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, this is something that, that Greg Abbott almost immediately requested the, uh, of, of the board. 
I actually was wondering this not too long ago. You know, are, are they? Is, is this ever going to have you know get any movement, or you know, was it just politically good for Greg Abbott at the time to say it? And now it's no longer. Yeah. Now Perry admitted at the time shooting Garrett Foster while driving uh, for Uber. Uh, Foster was armed with an AK-47, and uh, there's pictures and videos of him confronting the the driver's side door of that vehicle with that rifle, and mm-hmm. uh, that's when uh, Sergeant Daniel Perry, who was doing a little side hustle driving for Uber one night in Austin, Texas, and uh, encountered a large group of people as he made a turn on a corner, and they surrounded his vehicle, and well, that rifle, when he saw the rifle, he pulled his gun to protect himself, and he shot once, hitting mm-hmm. Garrett Foster right in the chest. Now, uh, the day after the jury verdict was handed down, Governor Greg Abbott, he directed the Board of Pardons and Paroles to expedite the review process for a pardon. After the review, the board could submit a pardon recommendation onto the governor for his uh, his signature. What do you think about this story? 512-836-0590. You know, you, you had a lot of uh, a lot of opinions on, on both sides of this. And, and uh, at, at the end of the day... Uh, I, I think things were kind of. I feel like things were kind of going in Perry's favor until they really started focusing in on on his social media activity, things that he'd said, you know, very controversial and and uh, inflammatory some, statements. He that had he some had made. Uh, some things that would be considered a racist yeah. comments on social media. Yeah, shot a white guy. Yeah, but they always they always call him a Black Lives Matter protester. I mean, you know, that's how they sort of crafted their their argument. He was like, well, you know. He went out looking looking to do damage. Uh, here's a guy who's a clear racist. He's out looking at his social media pages. He shot a guy at a BLM rally, drove into the crowd. And I think I think that's really what, what swayed the jury, especially being here in Travis County. Squeeze in Rich. He's in West Austin this morning. Hey, Rich, what's on your mind? Uh, well, good morning, guys. Hope everything's going okay there. Yeah. Um, I uh, was actually reading a newspaper this morning, and a couple of things I want to comment on. On, uh, on what you were just talking about. Uh, and in it, it said that, you know, it's, well, it's talking, Egypt is building a wall on the Sinai side of, of the Gaza Strip. Hang, hang, uh, on, hang on a second, Perry. Rich, you, you, I thought you called in to talk about Sergeant Perry. I, I did. I okay. am. Right, I let's, am. Let's do, let's do okay, that first. Let's, let's do that first. Okay, let's do that first. Let's okay. do that first. Sergeant Perry. Yeah. I, I think it's really great that he should be given a pardon, but the downside of the pardon for him is he cannot own a weapon yeah, yeah. in the future. That's true. And, uh, and, he can't be, and he can't be in the military. Yeah. That's true. That's that, sad. Does he, does he, would he lose? Well, because he's still convicted, right? I mean, because that means yes. he's convicted of a felony. By a jury yeah. of his peers, the pardon would yeah. mean he just gets to go free. Uh, he, yeah. he still would lose his right to a gun. He would maybe even a right to vote. Well, I, I think with a pardon, it, he'd at least be eligible to apply to restore his firearm. Okay, maybe so. I, I don't know, Rich. Uh, with a pardon. I wonder if it affects his, uh, his, his military retirement package. I, I wonder about that, too. It doesn't look good. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, can I yeah. now continue with... Okay. Please, please, so, go ahead. Okay, Egypt is building a wall on the Sinai side of, of the Gaza Strip. Jeez, yeah. and everybody's hollering at Texas, come on. Yeah. And uh, one more thing, uh, Biden's bragging about the economics. Uh, I was reading that Great Britain and Japan yesterday slipped into a recession. Now, if they are, what's going to happen here? Come on. Well, and certainly possible. Yeah. Certainly possible. Yeah. What, what, what's going to happen here? It's 
Well, things will get tighter. Yeah. 924. Let's squeeze in. Uh, let's see here. My computer kind of glitched. Is it David in Bastrop? Hmm? Uh, I hate to be referred to as a computer glitch, Todd. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I had called in right after <laughs> Perry made his call for the Board of Pardon Paroles to start uh, the process on uh, Perry. The uh, Constitution doesn't allow it. The request has to come from the defendant. He has to request the Board of Pardons and Paroles to that, start a... And that's a, happened. That that happened. Right. But uh, at the time that Perry made the request, he hadn't even been, he hadn't even been sentenced. Yeah. And because he hasn't filled his, his term of the Senate, his sentence, then the district attorney in, uh, in Austin and the judge have to sign off before the Board of, Parole, Board of Pardons and Paroles can issue, a, you know, a request for the governor to... Uh, present clemency or well they 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 had the uh they had the hearing before the board of pardons and paroles yesterday i, I would assume right, I those know. things they have happened the, yes they started the hearing process but because he hasn't completed his term the judge has to sign off on their authority to to issue that when you, when you uh, say complete the term what do you mean com complete There's the term a lot of steps that has to go through this i got you what do you mean complete the term he has to serve his sentence 25 he, years that's right yeah yeah, well, that's not that's not what ha that's not happening. Uh, I know, and yeah. see, which which tells you that the high likelihood is the board of pardons and parole is going to deny it. Yeah, uh, I, I think they're going to approve it, David. Well, I uh, you know it's a it's a it's it's interesting because if they do, then the governor could actually face extortion charges because he's the one who appoints the members of the board of pardons and paroles, and they make a lot of money. And they have no restriction on how many terms they can serve, so the governor has a has a hammer over them. But the Constitution forbids the governor from applying pressure on any of his appointees yeah. who have been confirmed. So, well, we're going to have to. Of, there's a lot of mismatch here. Well, we're going to have to take your word for it. You, you sound like an expert, and uh, and there you go. We'll just have to take your word for it. I, I can't confirm anything he said there at all. Well, I, I I really don't know which way this this was going to go with the with the board. Doug O'Connell didn't want to comment on this story uh, when the when KXAN reached out. Obviously, you know, but uh, the DA's office did release a statement, uh, and 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 basically they well they say they'll continue to fight to uphold the jury's decision and insist that he remain in jail. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, there you go. Well, I I'm sure. I mean, for, I, I think that uh, Jose Garza has already you know begun talks you know, about ways that they're going to make sure that Daniel Perry stays in that, that prison cell and serves out the term as long as he can. 9.31 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, you can join us at 512-836-0590. We're getting an update out of uh, Kansas City. Yeah, the juvenile suspects of the Kansas City parade shooting will be charged as adults. That, according to the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office, no charges have been filed against the suspects uh, as of uh, this morning. Uh, days after that Wednesday mass shooting, uh, they'd lost uh, Lisa Lopez Galvin, a local DJ. She was shot and killed. She yeah. died uh, just before she could get to the hospital. And, uh, and, and, and more than a dozen other kids, almost two dozen kids and others were uh, injured in this. Uh, various gunshot wounds, things like that. Two suspects who are yet to be named are currently in custody as cops in Missouri continue to vet what happened uh, at the stricken Super Bowl celebration. A third juvenile intentionally believed to be involved has since been uh, determined to not be part of this uh, shooting at all. And, uh, well, here we go. 
Yeah, that, and that, that, that picture of a gentleman that you've seen circulating on social media, he's not part of any of this. He uh, was just fighting? Maybe so, hmm. yeah. But anyway, uh, eighth grader Cash Adams, whose leg was uh, was grazed by a stray bullet, was already back at school to, uh, yesterday. And he says, uh, went left, I got hit, I heard pop, 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 that sort of thing. And uh, he was 13 years old, 13 years young, uh, talking about this incident. It's such Man. a tragedy that the kid's got to talk about I this. Know. Uh, but it, it it appears that a couple of uh, young, stupid, dumb kids with guns who never should have had them got in some sort of argument. Very similar. Heck, this happens in every major city in America on the weekends. Yeah. Chicago. Dozens every weekend. I, I don't know a whole lot about Kansas City, but I'm sure they got a crime issue. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, yeah, I, I've heard that they have their moments. Yeah. They have their moments there. Well, uh, uh, Police Chief Stacy Graves said the investigators believe the shooting was triggered by a, a personal dispute between two small groups, and the parade was not the target. Uh, Graves added that the preliminary findings show no connection of terrorism or homegrown extremism, just good old-fashioned uh, gang activity. Just, I mean, how th- that's what I assumed. I assumed it was just some guys arguing, and then that... that devolved into you know gunfire but i mean think about that they're they're surrounded by hundreds of thousands of people and and how selfish can you be to just start opening fire you you have to know you're gonna hit somebody just right dumb. you just don't just, even care just dumb as a bag of rocks no hope for the future yep. i mean it's uh it's a stereotypical story it's very unfortunate that that so many people had to get hurt because of these kids 22 people injured uh they range in age from 8 to 47 uh with half under the age of 16 in a children's hospital hmm. Uh, Children's Hospital there, Mercy Hospital, they treated 11 kids. Nine of them had been shot, and three remain in the hospital as of this morning. They're all expected to recover. Good, good, good. Uh, Lopez, uh, the uh, uh, brother Beto Lopez, uh, went on to reveal that uh, Lopez Galvin's son, Mark, and uh, and her daughter, Adrian, were both present at the parade and witnessed their mother's death. Mm. Mm. How horrible. Uh, yeah, it's just it's so, so senseless. And here's one of those things: the kids never should have had it in the first place. Probably going to want to try to get to the bottom of where they got those guns. I would hope. I'm sure they got them wherever wherever some minor gets a gun, right? Well, a lot of times stolen lately, it's, from a, it's, a storage, it's from the parents, stolen from a car, stolen from a storage locker, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly possible in any of the above. We don't even know their age. We just know they're juveniles. Yeah. but they're going to be tried as an adult. So I, I would think they're at least 16, 17. Got to be in their teens, not for 18. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're good. That's that's. They're, they're, I'm glad, and I hope the charges stick. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Uh, Lopez, she never even made it to the hospital. No, nope, is what her brother says. Yeah. So the kids lost their mother. The husband lost their you know, his wife, uh, and then you know a number of other families terrified because, because their kids were shot. Because because somebody stepped on somebody's Nikes. Probably what it was. A lot of times it is something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a crowd. They're kind of bumping against each other. You see a rival gang, and you got and well, of course you got to shoot them, right? Right, that's the mentality. Well, it may not have even been somebody they knew. You know, it could have just been you know uh, a, a couple of guys here, a couple of guys there. They you know they start all start running their mouths, and the you know the the two who thought that they were the toughest are the ones that pulled out the guns. Yeah, started shooting. Uh, they don't. I haven't seen at least the story I just read. It doesn't indicate exactly what type of weapons. We know they were handguns. Yeah, that's about it. We don't. I mean. At that point, I don't know. Does it matter? Yeah, you know. I mean, you know, anywhere from a probably a nine millimeter would be my guess. Twenty two, you know, if they're kids. But any 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 of the above can do damage. Obviously, as we absolutely, saw. absolutely, it is. 
Uh, but the story changed quickly, didn't it? Sure, sure it's did. kind of fallen off the front page. It's front page in Kansas, but not in the rest of the country this morning. Yeah, it's not as interesting to a lot of the mainstream national media now. Yeah. Uh, jump in here, 512-836-0590. Just a, just a horrible, horrific story that is very similar to some of the stories we see all across this country. Chicago deals with that every night. New York, Houston, you know, you pick the major city, they deal with these this kind of 15, 16, 17-year-olds out there with a gun, mm. living like they're in a hip-hop video, living like they're a gangster, like they're some movie star. You know, kids kids have some rough influences nowadays. You know, some uh, a, lot of, a lot of negative influences seem to be really almost deified. You know, it really just... Uh, I don't know. They it, probably it, hold their gun sideways like that too, don't they? Yeah. Gosh, we still doing that? I think so. Oh man, yeah, that's a good way to just shoot nothing that you're aiming at. A couple of texters say they had rifles. I don't know how they how kids I, smuggle yeah. rifles into a crowd and nobody says anything until the gunfire begins. You, you texters are the only one saying they had a rifle. No, uh, the police aren't saying that. The witnesses aren't saying that. I mean, yeah. just a couple of texters are saying that. And and what kind? I'm assuming it's one of those big, bad AR-15s that they're claiming. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, They didn't uh, have rifles. Well, maybe the texters are right. The police haven't come out and said what kind of guns. Well, maybe so. I Just like I said, I mean, unless they, they were hiding them in some, some, maybe some baggy clothing or a jacket or something, perhaps. But I, I just I find it hard to believe that you can make your way that deep into a crowd and and no one notices. Maybe it is. Maybe it was. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I'm not prepared from my vantage point to say, yeah, they had rifles because there has been no real official report of that. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Doesn't make sense. But, you know, we also had the guy that was there that said he saw a pistol fall to the floor. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to go with that one for now. Yeah. All right. Uh, it is 938. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. Uh, Caesar Paz is a retired special FBI agent, and he's got a lot to say this morning about the Venezuelan gangs linked to crimes in major cities. Uh, let's listen in uh, to Fox News and their coverage of this story. Have all linked Tren de Aragua members to crimes in their city. The FBI says it's actively sharing intelligence on this gang. Dana, back to you. All right, C.B. Cotton, thank you. Right, okay, there you go. All right, so uh, the, you know the FBI is concerned about this this transnational gang from Venezuela. Uh, I guess they've regrouped here in the states and have been committing crimes in various cities. They commit robberies and theft in uh, in New York, and then they go down the floor to spend their money and and, and I guess pay off their uh, their leaders. I guess yeah. that's what uh, the the FBI says. Yeah, video we saw what was it last week of of uh, somebody being just yanked off their feet and into a pole there on on the some New York sidewalk. You know, some guy on a scooter just drives right by and yanks them off. You know, that's I'm. Those gangs are are behind stuff like that. Some of the stuff they do, from what I understand, I mean they. Very violent, you know, torturous kind of stuff that they do. Uh, all, all the more reason we should be locking things down south. Yeah. But we're not going to do it, are yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Not going to do it. I mean, they, they, they get together and they're on mopeds. They, uh, they steal cell phones from people that are unsuspecting as they're walking down the streets. Uh, they, uh, the FBI is concerned that they may be part of some of these larger smashing grabs at department stores in New York and throughout Manhattan in the Brooklyn area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, they've been out this morning, uh, sounding the alarm on this front. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it's a great reason to, uh, to shut the border down, right? I just, I don't know. I don't know how much more evidence our government needs that it's in the best interest of, of all Americans to go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously they've got a plan that doesn't include us. 
listen, uh, Fannie Willis, the Fulton County DA, was on the stand yesterday uh, trying to, to be on the stand in her own defense, and she kind of embarrassed herself, really. I thought so. Perjured herself for sure, at least, at least one point. I didn't think she and, was very professional. No, not very professional at all. She's a baddie. She's a baddie. She doesn't need a man is what she says. Uh, but she was set to testify again this morning and then at the last minute changed her mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking maybe somebody got to her and said, Fanny, you didn't good, do good yesterday. You got angry. You lost your, you lost your temper. She did. She was, she was very combative uh, at times. Uh, and I, 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 it, it's entirely possible that her, her people or someone close to her said, look, it's a, it's a better idea if you just go, go ahead and not do this. It is 9.46 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in here at 512-836-0590. Listen, we got an update on a story that many of you listening right now may not recall because it was so long ago. Some of you listening may do recall it. The story of Michael Morton. He spent 25 years in prison for the murder of his wife. He was released from prison on October the 4th, 2011, after officially being exonerated on December 2011 because of DNA evidence that implicated another man. He did not kill his wife. He he did did not. not do it whatsoever. It was somebody else. But back in the late 80s, he went to prison for 25 years. He was found guilty. Um, yeah, they're in Williamson County. And, uh, well, the Innocence Project, uh, they, they fought hard to get the DNA testing. Heck, he served 24 years, right? So it was yeah, almost just almost shy 25. of the 25-year sentence. And, uh, well, they were eventually able to um, to get DNA testing, and uh, which freed him and implicated another suspect in the case. That person is locked up. Right. But there is an update on this decades-long story this morning. Yeah, and and so uh, one other little aspect of that that applies to this new update is that it, he was prosecuted in Williamson County, and, and there was misconduct. Uh, there, were, there were a lot of uh, pieces of, of information the Innocence Project found uh, that were never entered, that, uh, pieces of uh, evidence that were missing. And come to find out that uh, there had been prosecutorial misconduct there. There's so, specifically a credit card that was used by the real killer mm-hmm. in, uh, I think, San Antonio at the time. Ken and, Anderson was the guy. He was convinced he had his guy. Yes. And he was just going to move forward with it, and he did. Yeah. So today, uh, and this according to uh, Chuck Lindell with the Dallas Morning News, formerly of Austin American Statesman, uh, he says the Texas Supreme Court today has tossed out a defamation claim by a former Williamson County prosecutor against the Polk County Enterprise newspaper. It's Tommy Coleman's the guy's name sued over a report that he, quote, assisted with the prosecution of Michael Morton. He claimed he was never a lawyer when Morton was convicted in 87, and he never worked on the case as a prosecutor from 08 to 12. But the Supreme Court today said uh, the article was substantially true and not defamatory because the gist of the story was true, even if there were some, you know, question about certain details. Um the uh, newspaper recorded Coleman while in the courtroom for one of Michael Morton's post-conviction hearings actually mocked him. Uh, in his efforts to obtain DNA evidence on his, uh, on, uh, DNA test on his evidence, that same DNA went on to not only exonerate Michael Morton, but like you pointed out, led to the conviction of the real killer of the, the real man who bludgeoned his wife to death. Yeah, court concluded that uh, the uh, uh, the true account of Coleman's uh, courtroom uh, mocking of Morton uh, and uh, in the mind of an average reader is more damaging to Coleman's reputation than the statement that he alleged uh, to be false and defamatory, uh, defamatory, so they dismissed this lawsuit. So uh, yet again, you know, another win years later, far too many years later for Michael Morton. Seriously, one of the best interviews I, I ever have done in my career. He was uh, one of the most generous people. Yeah. 25, almost 25 years of his life he spent, 
He lost his wife, his basically his son, his family, his whole reputation, uh, everything, uh, all for something he didn't do. And yet when I talked to him, he gave me 20 minutes of his time and we just talked. And I've never, I, I can't, I don't understand how somebody could have, could be so positive and so forgiving. It, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I really, it was very inspiring. You kind of just want to move on probably. I'm sure know? he does. You know, just, I'm sure he just, does. Just value what freedom you have and. Why would you want to focus on that stuff in the past when you got limited time left? You but know? you know, a lot of people would have a hard time moving past that. Yeah, and, and uh, it was it was just I remember how I, I want to say this was maybe eight nine years ago. I had the interview with him, and and it really was one of the more inspiring interviews I've ever done in my whole my whole news career. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for the update. Uh, listen, uh, jump in here five one two eight three six zero five ninety here on the Todd and Oz show. Let's see. Let's squeeze in. Uh, Let's squeeze in Daniel in North Austin. Wants to weigh in on this story about Ukraine and Russia and NATO and some uh, some presidential politics. Daniel, what's on your mind? Yes, good morning, sir. I want to make a comment about Donald Trump making a comment about NATO. Well, he's right. You know, we're spending all the money and all these other nations are not putting their share, but they want us to put the taxpayers pay for everything. And then at the end of the day, all these other countries are going to backstab us anyway. So Donald Trump is right. Yeah. I hear you, man. Were you a Donald Trump supporter uh, in previous campaigns, elections? I am very, very deep supporter. I mean, did, uh, did you always support him or did you become a new supporter recently? No, no, I'm a supporter to the day I die. I got you. I got you. Thank you, man. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you checking in this morning. That is all the NATO countries, I think, really look at us as, as, as uh, well, like an ATM and a military. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, uh, some of the migrants accused of assaulting those New York police officers, they're in court today. Uh, Fox reporter C.B. Cotton has more from uh, New York. A busy day in this Manhattan courthouse already. Yo, Henry Brito, the suspect who prosecutors allege started the initial brawl, has arrived here for his arraignment after posting a $15,000 bail earlier this week. Two other suspects, including Jorman Brevron, who was out without bail, are also scheduled to be arraigned today. And suspects Calvin Servita Rocha and Wilson Omar Juarez, who are in custody, are here for arraignment. Two, they have now been linked by ICE to a violent Venezuelan gang. The men were arrested on Tuesday in connection to a pair of immigration warrants. Yeah, there you go, CB Cotton. Now, the gang they are allegedly involved with is uh, is 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 known to be committing a lot of robberies, drug dealing, and human trafficking. Well, uh, you know, throughout South America, and now they're doing it here, right here in uh, on the streets of New York City. Yep, I mean, you know, it. Uh it was it was once only those third world countries where you had to step off the curb and hug the wall when somebody on a moped was coming by. Yeah, no longer. Well, there's a town in West Whiteland Township. It's in Pennsylvania, and uh, they've had a rash of uh, retail theft. And at least three different groups of illegal aliens have allegedly stolen thousands of dollars worth of merchandise from businesses in this small Pennsylvania town just over the past month. They're taking advantage of uh, coming to the U.S. and committing these crimes and being able to disappear to some degree. That's what Detective Scott Pezik says. He's with the West Whiteland Township Police Department. Uh, two men from Venezuela identified as Albert, another one from uh, uh, Jordan, and uh, kind of being the, you know, the ringleaders, where they walk into a variety of stores. Alta, you know, you pick the store, Macy's, and, um, and basically they, they grab everything they can. 
Now, the detective explained that the town has seen a surge in South American theft groups over the past month. And that's what they tell WPVI 6 ABC News. And according to the police, they said that the national increase in illegal aliens entering the country has impacted their township, despite the location being 2,000 miles uh, from the southern border. Yeah, one Peruvian national was arrested and deported after stealing $17,000 worth of merchandise from Kohl's. That's a lot. He did that in a month, the month of June in 2023. Man, and that's just one guy. That's just one guy. Yeah. Uh, the detective says these illegal immigrant groups have been associated with other crimes like burglaries in the area. And uh, and federal agencies are reportedly assisting the police in trying to track them down. Mm. How about just stop them at the border? The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ.